Everybody repeat out loud after me. God, make me thankful. Let's do that again. God, make me thankful. Now, how many of you be honest enough to admit you probably have a little bit more room for gratitude in your life than you're expressing? Yep. I think we could all be, uh, have the opportunity, should have the opportunity to be made more grateful. Gratitude changes everything. Now, that's why I'm launching this series today called The Power of Thankfulness. Um, one of the discoveries that I've made through life is that gratitude changes everything about our lives from our walk with God to our relationships with each other, uh, to how we appreciate or don't appreciate uh, the ups and downs that life throws our way. And so beginning today, I wanna, we're gonna do this four-part series talking about the power of gratitude. It, it's so funny to me. I've been in ministry, um, it's hard to believe. I'll, I'll complete 43 years in ministry this coming January. I started when I was six years old. And, um, and, and what's funny is how, dealing with people have taught me uh, how little gratitude people have for anything. You know, when I got into ministry, most of you have been around me long enough to know now, I, I have a high need for attention and affection and approval. And so I got into ministry. I'm not sure if I was called into ministry or if I was driven by my dysfunction, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and it's so funny how often, you know, you just want to make people happy and you discover along the way, you can't make people happy. It just doesn't happen. Um, when we were in Phoenix, when I went there, we had a, our church was meeting in a multi-purpose building, and it was a gymnasium, and we had chairs on it on Sundays and a stage on the side, and we used that for our sanctuary. And when I got to Phoenix, one of the big items that people kept pushing was, you know, Pastor, we want, we want a sanctuary. You know, we want you to help us build a sanctuary. And so that became just kind of a focal point. And I would have mothers come up to me and they would say, you know, I don't want to have my daughter's wedding here. I don't want my daughter to get married at the free throw line. And I thought, well, what's wrong with getting married at the free throw line? You know, it's, it's a great place to get married. But they didn't like that. So we, you know, we, we worked at it. And finally, we had a campaign took about five years. We finally got, we built a four and a half million dollar worship center. It was a huge place. It was a beautiful room, had a huge jumbotron up front that was, you know, these, these massive kind of thing. And I'll never forget, kid you not, the very first Sunday we were in there, I was standing in the back and I was just kind of taking it in, you know, being in that room and just how grateful we would know we were finally there after all of this stuff. And I had one of the old saints just walk up to me and put their arm around me and say, you know, pastor, I just really miss that old gymnasium. <laughs> and I just wanted to lay on hands, you know, without, without praying. I just wanted to, you know. But it's, it's, that, it's that human nature in us that we just tend to take everything in and not really be grateful for it. In fact, I want to challenge you with this this morning. How many of you, and I don't want you to answer this, but I just want you to think with me, how many of you had any sense of gratitude this morning for anything? Hey, just, just think this with me. When you woke up, you woke up in a home. You woke up, most of us, I'm sure, in a, in a decent bed, in a nice place. Did, did you ever think about the fact that somebody made this, somebody built this? Uh, most of us in this room didn't make our clothes. Did you think about the fact that you, you put on clothes that someone else made for you, even though you purchased them, somebody else made them. You drove here in cars that most of you probably didn't put together yourself. You drove on roads that I'm going to assume you didn't pave. 
and you came into a building that you didn't build and you, and you, and you experience all this stuff and, and it has very little to do to you, but we just, we're such consumers that we just take it all in without ever really being thoughtful about where all of this comes from. Uh, there's a great story. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. Uh, that's Charles Plum. Uh, Charles was a fighter pilot uh, in the Vietnam War. Uh, actually, he was an American hero. He, um, he went on 74 uh, missions uh, that he carried out until his 75th mission uh, in which he was actually shot down over Vietnam. And uh, his plane got hit, and as it was spiraling out of control, he ejected out of the plane, parachuted to the ground, and was taken captive. And he was a POW for six years in Vietnam uh, before he was finally released. What was funny was Charles said after he got home that he and his wife were sitting in a restaurant one day and he said this guy walks up in this restaurant and says, you're plum, aren't you? And Charles said he looked at the guy like, yeah. And he said, you were a fighter pilot uh, on the Kitty Hawk airfare, on the aircraft carrier and, and you, were, you were shot down in Vietnam. And Charles Plum said, yeah, but how did you know this? And this guy smiled real big and he goes, I packed your parachute. And Charles Plum's guys got real big and the guy started smiling and goes, he said, I guess it worked, huh? <laughs> and Charles said, yeah, it did work. And I'm really thankful that it worked because it saved my life when I ejected out of that plane. And Charles Plum said it just blew his mind. And he said, he kind of went back in his mind and he was trying to remember, he said, you know, he was, he was this, you know, fighter pilot and they're, you know, they're all of that. You know, they kind of get all this notoriety. He said, this guy was just a seaman down in the hall of the ship. And he said, he just thought about how many hours this guy took, you know, putting this parachute together, folding it all up, making sure that everything wasn't tangled and got it in just right. He said, you know, it never dawned on him that somebody did all of that behind the scenes just so he could fall to the ground safely. Charles Plum said that changed his perspective for life. He said, uh, he said, suddenly my eyes were opened and I realized I've got people packing my parachute for me every single day of my life and I'm not grateful for them and I need to be. Does that make sense to you? Throw that next picture up on the screen. That's Charles Plum now. He's actually a, uh, a motivational speaker and his favorite talk that he does is called packing, you know, who's packing your parachute. It's just, it's just this, great, this great conversation piece. But that's what I wanna talk about today because I think that for us when we ask the question where does thankfulness really begin I think it begins in that eye-opening moment when we really become aware of where all this stuff comes from you ready let's look at the passage of scripture today I want to look at James chapter 1 uh, verses 17 and 18 I want you to look at what James says James says, whatever is good and perfect is a what, church? Circle that word. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from who? God our Father. Circle that, God our Father. It's a gift and it comes from God our Father who created all the lights in heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to, gave, to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, 
out of all creation became his what, church? Prized possession. Now, I want to I laser in on this. This message today, it's really simple. This is, not, this, is, this is not gonna be hard for you to understand. This is really, really simple stuff. But as I was working on this, I kept coming back to, this is the stuff we miss. This is the stuff that we forget about God and we need to remember if we're really gonna be appreciative of this God and all that he has done for us. Does this make sense? I wanna, I wanna walk you through <clears throat> just a few things. And this, the title of the message today was, was called God Gave First. Because when we realize that God gave first, that's the beginning of us living thankful lives. Are you ready? So Pastor Steve what did God give to us? I'm so glad you asked that. You ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. God gave us, and you get this, the world, the universe, and all that we admire in it. God gave us the world, the universe, and all we admire in it. Genesis 1.1, would you read it out loud with me? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, a lot of times we take that for granted, but you do understand that there are an awful lot of people that don't believe God had anything to do with creation. They think that all of this world and all of this universe just happened. And it's, it's amazing to me when you can look around at this world and, and look at the complexity of life itself, look at this universe, how can you make yourself believe that this just happened by circumstance. I remember when I was in high school, which was two or three years ago, I had a, I had a biology teacher who was an atheist and he was very, very bold about it. And um, he, he had a, he, we, talking, we were talking about the beginning of things and, and our biology teacher talked to that back, back in that day, it was this big collision theory. It wasn't the big bang, it was this big collision theory where there were two huge masses, they said, that, that collided in space. And these, out of that, that collision, uh, all of these galaxies and, and things were formed. And, and I'm listening to this. I'm 16 year old, and I, and I listen to this, and I'm going, that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. H how, do you, how do you think order came out of chaos? You, you think design came out of a, out of a crap? I mean, imagine with me it, two semis out here on Interstate 35 going 100 miles an hour and crashing into each other head on and you go to that wreck site, what would you expect to find? A whole bunch of perfectly formed Volkswagens, you know? No, you're not gonna expect to, you know, you're gonna expect to see a mess. Well, of course you would, why? Because that's the nature of why, how things work that way. Things left to themselves tend toward disorder and chaos. I didn't make that up, Sir Isaac Newton said that. You know, that's the way that life operates. We know God created the heavens and the earth, amen? Now, have you, has that dawned on you lately? Has that dawned on you lately? When you've taken in the night sky, that this is a gift from God to you. Our, our grandson who's in the youth group now, our oldest grandson who's in the youth group, um, came, was at a youth outing uh, a couple weeks ago where they were out in the country uh, at somebody's place and they had, a, they had activities that they did and they had a bonfire and they had s'mores and hot dogs and all that kind of stuff. But what he was amazed by, he got out of the city and he was out there in the country and he, he came home and he was so, so excited. He said, Grandpa, he said, I saw the Milky Way. 
How many of you have ever seen the Milky Way? It's spectacular. If you get out far enough where you can see it, he said, it's, it's an amazing thing. And, and our grandson, who's really interested in science, he, he saw the Milky Way. And when you begin to see the night sky and see all of this, it just reminds you, this is God. God put those stars in place. God made that. And he gave it to us as a gift. In fact, I love, some of you, uh, if you follow the news at all, you know that just a couple of years ago, they, um, they, they launched the, the Webb telescope, which was even more powerful than the Hubble telescope. And they're getting back these incredible scenes from the depths of space out to the east. And uh, let me just throw a couple of them. Just let this, this stuff just kind of amaze you. I, I love it. This is like five different uh, galaxies that is clustered, kind of clustered together that they got this picture of. And uh, you look at that and you just see the beauty in it. Wow, that's like a piece of art. Throw that next picture up on the screen. This is called uh, the, the Cliff Nebula. And, uh, and I love it. It looks like something you would expect to see, you know, kind of a Rocky Mountain range or something. But this nebula that's out there, and it's, again, just a beautiful, beautiful picture. This was my next one. This is my favorite. Doesn't that just look like the eye of God? You know, staring at you through space. I mean, it's just, it's just this beautiful, beautiful. And when you look at that, ladies and gentlemen, that shouts design. It shouts God. And he gave it to us as a gift. And God gave us this earth around us. Um, how many of you love to travel and, and see beauty of the beauty of God's worth? How many of you love, just love to do that? Some people aren't nature people. They like to kind of sit at home or whatever and stay in front of their TV, and that's cool. But, but I, I love being out in nature. It's my favorite thing, favorite thing to do. Um, Wanda and I have had the privilege of traveling a little bit. These are, these are pictures I've taken. Anybody recognize that mountain? That's Denali. That's up in Denali Park, up in, up in Alaska. Used to be called Mount McKinley uh, years ago. But that's Denali. Only, only 30%, we were part of the 30% club. Only 30, 60 or 70% of the time it's cloudy there and you don't get a good picture of it. But we were there in that 30% and God said, Steve, you're coming. I'll just blow the cloud. No, he didn't. But, but he did. And we got, to, we got to take, I just took that with my cell phone. Just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture. Throw that next picture up on the screen. Anybody recognize that? Where is it? Garden of the Gods. Yeah. How many of you have been there? Over in, over in uh, Colorado Springs. Wanda and I went there on an anniversary weekend a few years back. We had a, actually had a, uh, stayed in a resort there at Garden of the Gods. And again, we love to get out and just, you take these pictures and you say, you know, don't you just think God had fun making that? I mean, it's just such a, such a beautiful thing. Throw that next picture up on the screen. That's, up, that's in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Uh, we were up here a couple years ago in the fall, first week of October, and um, you know the beautiful, the beautiful, beautiful trees. That, this is in Tequamanon State Park, and uh, beautiful waterfall. And you just you take all of this in, and it just takes your breath away. And again, this is a gift from God. Do we ever get beauty like this in Oklahoma? No, we don't. <laughs> no. Especially not in Stillwater. When there's no beauty in Stillwater, we don't. It's a dark day in Stillwater today. We just, we, we just all agree. Yeah, of course we do. In fact, let me, let me just show you some beauty of, that God created. This is, look at this. This is right this is from, I took this picture right across the street from our church on Wednesday night a couple weeks ago when it rained. And Wanda come running back in and said, you got to go out and take a picture of the rainbow. So, so I shot this picture of the rainbow uh, over the church. I just thought that was just such a beautiful picture. And then John Bocox actually got this one. Throw this next picture up on the screen. In our, that's from our parking lot. Look at the whole double rainbow there. 
Now, what I want you to understand is all of these things just shout to us that there is a God and he made all of this for us to enjoy. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. Throw that up on the screen for me. C.S. Lewis said, we may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. I love that. Well, what else does God give us? Well, again, this, is, this isn't, this isn't uh, anything new, but I want, you, I want you to have a fresh appreciation. God gave us our bodies. God gave us our bodies and all that we enjoy through them. Now, how many of you are like me and you're down the road a little bit and you're kind of looking forward to getting a new body one, one day? Yeah, the old body's starting to rebel on us a little bit. But, but, but when you think about all the stuff that we enjoy in life, did, did it ever dawn on you that God not only gave you life and gave you, he gave you a way to enjoy it? He gave you a way to enjoy it? Um, how many of you love, have, have a keen sense of smell and you love, you love you're, you're, you're kind of a smell person. You like to, like, anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm one of the, I love coffee. And sometimes whenever I, I go to a Starbucks, sometimes I'll just step inside the door at Starbucks and I'll just stand there like this and take, take it in. You get, you know, you get, you get the smell. Anybody in here lose your sense of smell when you had COVID? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that sad? I mean, what do you do if you can't smell? How many of you, how many of you got a chance to take, participate in our breakfast this morning? Six of you? Seven? Yeah, there's more of you. Yeah. Yeah. How, did you like those pancakes and sausages? Was that good? Come on, give them a hand. If it was good, give them a hand. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me. Do you know God gave you the taste buds to enjoy that? I mean, think about it. We're walking in and heading into the church today and Wanda says, I don't like pancakes. And I said, well, they got sausage. I don't like sausage either. I said, Wanda, put syrup and butter on a napkin and I'll eat it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's good. But God, God gave us this ability. Did you enjoy the worship just a few moments ago? How, how could you enjoy that? Because God, God gave you ears. I, I love how the Proverbs writer says it. Read it with me from Proverbs 20, verse 12. He says, ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. And gang, they are gifts that we only enjoy, truly appreciate after we've lost them. And that's the sad part of life. You almost have to have it taken away to really appreciate what you've been given. Um, I, saw a, I saw a really cool video. Uh, it was a kid who was born uh, colorblind. And he wasn't able to distinguish. Now I think he's 12 years old. And his parents got him a pair of those uh, glasses, uh, in-chrome glasses that you can put on that bend the light waves so that you can actually see color. It distinguishes color for you. And, um, and his reaction, I, I just, just enjoy this video. This is really good. Buddy, can you look at the... Kason, look out at the Frisbee. Can you see them? Can you see the differences? so amazing they're so colorful and it's kind of weird because I didn't like 
I've never seen those colors before, but I kind of knew what they were. That day changed my life. Best day of my life. That made me cry when I watched it. I thought, you know, I, I wake up and I see all these beautiful colors and I don't think about the fact that this is just a gift from God. He not only made this universe, made this world, but he made all of these senses that we have to enjoy them. Thirdly, God gave us each other. You realize that? God gave us each other and the relationships that we cherish. Again, these are things that we often take for granted, but they're gifts from God. God gave us family. God was the one who created family. Genesis 2.18 when after he had created Adam, it said, and the Lord said, read it with me, church, it is not good for the man to be alone. And so God created family. Now, for some of us, our family was everything for us. How many of you would say, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a godly father or mother in my life? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Abraham Lincoln who said, he goes, anything that I am or will ever become is because of my angel mother in my life. And some of us owe everything to the family that we came out of because they were the ones who gave us all that we needed. And sometimes, you know what? We don't really appreciate our family until we get further down the road and begin to lose them. Then we really appreciate them. Secondly, you know, God gave us community. God gave us community. For some of us, we had families, but our, maybe our families weren't the families that were really nurturing families. Maybe we came out of families where we were neglected or families that we, where we were abused. But God gives us others in our life who become our family for us. That's why I love it, Psalm 68, six. It says, God places the lonely in families. How many of you had a coach or a teacher or someone other than your family members who were really, really special in your life? God gave us those people. Um, we had a, a homecoming weekend at the college, and uh, we had alumni coming in from all over, and uh, they asked me to share a, a testimony yesterday in the worship service. And, and I talked about how, you know, I came out of a family that uh, I really wasn't encouraged when I went into ministry. You know, when I told my, my, my family that I was going to be a pastor, my mom said, no, you're not. You know, you're going to stay home. You're going to work into factories like your dad and your brothers. And, and again, uh, nothing wrong with that kind of work, but God had called me to be a pastor. And uh, so I kind of went to college against their will. Um, and I talked about how when I, when I got to Gulf Coast Bible College, God gave me a community that I desperately needed. Um, I had people there that really helped me, particularly, you've heard me share before, uh, about Coach Holly, who's the basketball coach at, at, at Gulf Coast Bible College. And, and he, he became a surrogate father to me. And he was hard on me, yet he shaped me and fashioned me. And as we were talking about this yesterday, I heard Wanda uh, tell someone that, we were, that was standing beside us, she goes, Steve would not be here today if it had not been for Willie Holly. Willie was a gift from God to me just like you have people who are gifts of God to you. Can I give you one more? Not just our families, not just the community, but God gave us the church, folks. God gave us the church. Matthew 12, Jesus asked, when they were telling him his mother, his family was there, Jesus said, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed around to his disciples and he said, look, these are my brothers and my mother. 
In other words, he's saying, these who do the will of my Father, it was there that God created the church. He gave us one another. Um, when, when Wanda and I were in Tennessee, there was a worship service uh, where there, at the end they had invited different ones who wanted to uh, be prayed for to come forward and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, different people were praying for different things. But there was one couple who were um, really going through a, some, some tough stuff and, and I watched as the people just gathered around them. This couple were, they were in tears and these people were just surrounding them. There were several people just kind of praying over them who were crying with them. Uh, and then they called me over and asked me if, if, I, would, if I would pray with, with this group. And, um, and as, as I prayed over this couple and I watched them as they hugged and they, they just kind of held on to each other, I kept thinking to myself, this is the church this is the church. This is why God gave us the church. There's like 120 times in the New Testament where the, the words each other or one another are used. Encourage one another, love one another, pray for one another, build one another up. That's why God gave us the church. Look, look, look around this room. Just take a look around at these people who are all around you. Look at me. I, I know they can be annoying. Trust me, I know they can be annoying. But God gave them to us as family. And I can name you person after person in our congregation, people who, who have gone through bouts with cancer and the church has surrounded them, people who have gone through severe heart trouble and the church has surrounded them, people who have lost loved ones and the church has surrounded them, people who have gone through desperate financial difficulty and the church has surrounded them, people who have had all kinds of things going on, but that's why God gave us the church. Look at me. I, I know sometimes people are annoying. I know sometimes people can you know get up in our face I, I know all of that but the church is a gift from God amen and sometimes we forget that can I give you one more yeah God gave us the world gave us the universe he gave us bodies and things we can enjoy in life he gave us people but God also gave us forgiveness and a new life through his son. God gave us forgiveness, a new life through his son. Sometimes in church settings, there are just, there are kind of two extremes of people. On the one extreme are the people who believe that they're right with God, but they believe they're right with God because of what they're doing. I go to church. I tithe my money. I serve somewhere in the church. I do all of these things, and because I do all of these things, I am right with God. Look at me. Oh, no, that has nothing to do with it. Those are all wonderful things to do, and all of those kinds of things out of flow, out of being a child of God. Look at me, but don't miss this. But you are only a child of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is only with Jesus Christ as your Savior that you become truly a child of God. Look at what, look at what John 3.16 says. This is our verse for today. Read it with me, church. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you're here today and you're right with God, you are right with God only because of Jesus because God gave his son. 
The other extreme that we find in churches are, are people who aren't right with God and believe they can't get right with God because of the way they've lived their life, because of where they've been. It's hard for them to believe that God could forgive them, and yet he can. Amen? He can. There was a, a pastor who was talking about a revival that they had at their church. He said one night after a particularly moving service, he said, I was standing down front and there was a woman who, who came up to me and he said, Pastor, I, I, I heard what you said and I really want to believe, but it's hard because of the life I've lived. And the pastor said, well, God's grace is greater than all of our sin. And she said, I, I hear what you're saying, but, but you don't know what I've done. And, and she kept pushing back on, on, on that. And, and uh, finally, the pastor kind of ran out of ideas. And he said, well, he said, do you, do you remember any Bible verses that you've, you know, that you've come across along the way? Has, has any of the word of God gotten into your life? And she said, I only remember, honestly, one Bible verse. She said, and it's this one. For God so loved the world, he gave his only forgotten son. And the pastor laughed and he's, well, forgotten. That's not really the word there. And then he thought about it and he goes, but that's perfect. And then he looked at this woman and he, he said, look at me. And he said, but staring at this woman's face, he said, and do you know why God forgot his son? She said, Why? She said, it's so that God could remember you. That's great theology. For God so loved you, he gave his one and only son. You and I can come before almighty God, not on any merit that we have, but because of what he has done for us. Us. Amen. I love how Paul framed it. Romans 3, 22. Paul said, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Read it with me, church. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we I'm gonna invite you, if you would, go ahead and take your communion elements out. Go ahead and open the bottom and take the little wafer out of there. Peel back the top so you can get to the juice in just a moment. Rachel's gonna lead us in a song and then I'm gonna lead us in a prayer and then we'll receive the communion elements together. Two things I wanna to say to you before we sing this song. Here's the first one. If you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you are, are a Christ follower today, I, I want you to take a good look at these elements. I, I don't want you to just take communion. I want you to take a good look. And I want you to remember today, this wafer, it represents a body that should have been yours, broken. This juice represents your blood that should have been spilled, but it's Jesus's. His body, his blood on your behalf. And I want you to just take a moment and say, thank you, God. I couldn't be here today if not for you.
if, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, I, I want you to hold these and I want you to be reminded of this. This is the evidence of God's love for you. For God so loved you, he gave his one and only son that if you would just receive him, you don't have to perish. You can have everlasting life. Look at me, gang. Your new life can begin today with one step of faith because God gave first. Let this be your personal time of worship. Lord, we ask your forgiveness today because we often take for granted the great gifts that you've given to us. We, we look around at this beautiful world and we just consume it. We look at the night sky and the beautiful heavens and we just consume it. We have the, all of these things that we love. It's like we're, we're gonna go out and eat or have lunch at home and we're gonna enjoy these great meals and we just consume it. We, we have these relationships that we have all around us that we, we'd never wanna be without and yet we just take it all in without ever realizing they are gifts from you. Every good and perfect gift that we have in our life has come from your hand. God, make us grateful. Lord, today we take a moment to celebrate the great gift that you've given to us through your son. Father, many of us who are in this room live lives that were a long way from you. But out of your grace and mercy, you brought us back. And we are here today, right with you, in your presence, only because you gave your one and only son. And today, we thank you for that. Father, I pray for any that may be listening or watching online. I, I pray for anyone in this room, Lord, that maybe for the first time realizes they're not where they need to be in their life. They know of you. Maybe they even believe in you. But they've never accepted the gift that you've offered through your son, Jesus Christ. They've never made a commitment of their life to follow you. And today is their day. And Lord, as they receive these elements, as, as they take this step, my prayer, Father, is that you would wrap your arms of love and grace around them, that you would hold them close to your heart, that they would know the power of what it means to be born again. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things become new. Lord, we are grateful today. Grateful because everything we have is a reminder. God gave first. And it's in your holy name we pray. And everyone said, Amen.